Innal hamdalillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa na'udzu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyiati a'malina may yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu wa may yudlil fala hadiya lahu wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu wa ashhadu anna muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa sallama tasliman kathira amma ba'd ayyuhal muslimun ittaqullaha ta'ala fataqwa allahi manarul huda wal i'radu anha sabilu shaqa qala allahu ta'ala ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu ittaqullaha haqqa tuqatih wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun allahu subhanahu wa ta'ala he says, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha haqqa tuqatih Oh you who believe, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala As he ought to be feared Wala tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun And do not die except as muslimun Do not pass away except in the state of Islam Ayyuhal muslimun Fa inna asdaqal hadithi kitabullah Wa khayrul hadith hadi muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون الله سبحانه وتعالى in surah al-Zariyat he says that I did not create the jinn nor mankind except for them to worship me alone to single me out in worship and at the end of surah al-talaq Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says Allah الذي خلق سبع سماوات ومن الأرض مثلهن يتنزل الأمر بينهن لتعلموا أن الله على كل شيء قدير وأن الله قد أحاط بكل شيء علما it is Allah who has created the seven heavens and of the earth and the like of them his command descends among them for what reason so that you may know so that you can understand and comprehend that Allah is competent over all things and that Allah has encompassed all things in knowledge the two ayat that we've quoted teaches us the purpose of creation. It gives us the two main purposes of creation. In the first ayah in Surah Al-Dhariyat, Allah said, I did not create them, the jinn or mankind, except that they should worship me alone. And in the Surah Al-Talaq, Allah said, He created the heavens and the earth, and the likes of that. For what reason? So that you can know that Allah is competent over all things. And... So that you can know that Allah has encompassed everything in his knowledge. So the first ayah, for what's the purpose? Crea- the creation or the purpose of creation was for worship. And the second ayah, the purpose of creation was to gain knowledge. To teach you who your Rabb is. To teach you who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. And these are the two main purposes of creation. Number one is to seek knowledge and secondly is to act upon that knowledge by worshipping your Rabb Jalla wa'ala 
Yuwahidun is the interpretation which means to single Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out for creation, out for worship. And this is the most important obligation in Al-Islam. There is no fard, there is no obligation that's more important than this. Not even salah, not even hajj, not even zakah or fasting Ramadan. But the hadith says, Bunia al-Islam ala khams. That Islam has been built upon five pillars. Shahadatu an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammada rasulullah. The first pillar of Islam, which is the main pillar of Islam, which is the pillar upon which the rest of the pillars are built upon. And that is the testification, the testimony of faith, that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. And that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Allah. This is what we call the shahadatain, the two testimonies. The first is the shahada of Allah, that we bear witness that there is no creator, there is no ilah, there is no god or deity that's worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the most important obligation for the Muslim to understand and for the Muslim to comprehend. And it's the most important obligation for us to live by. It's also the first obligation that you will find in the Qur'an. If you open up the Qur'an and you start reciting from Surah Al-Fatiha, there's no direct obligations, meaning a commandment that comes in Surah Al-Fatiha. And if you start reading from Alif Lamim, the first commandment you will find, where Allah instructs us to do something, where Allah commands us to do something, is where Allah says, Ya ayyuhan nas, O people, O mankind, in totality, U'budu rabbakum, worship your Rabb alone. It's the first commandment found in the Quran. And the opposite of this, is the first prohibition that you will find in the Quran. The first thing in the Quran that Allah forbids us from. Where Allah says, do not do such and such a thing, is where Allah says, فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا Do not associate any partners with Allah. Do not set up any rivals with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the first obligation, and this is the first prohibition. The obligation of Tawheed, the obligation to worship Allah alone, and the first prohibition is the direct opposite. It is to abstain from associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tawheedullah is the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon his slaves. It's Allah's haqq upon us. In a hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says to Mu'adh ibn Jabal, radiyallahu anhu, he says, do you know, O Mu'adh, that Allah has a right over his slaves, and the slave has a right over Allah. And so Mu'adh said, Allah's right over the slave, of course, Allah has a right over us. But what right do we have over our Creator? And so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that the right of Allah over his slave is that his slave worships him alone. 
is that the slave turns to him alone. And the right of the slave over Allah is that if the slave lives by this, if the slave never associates a partner with Allah, if the slave calls unto Allah alone, if he fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, if he puts his trust in Allah alone, then Allah will not punish him. Then Allah will not punish him. And this is the status of Tawheed. This is the greatness of Tawheed. Where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is guaranteeing us that if you can live by this, you will have your sins. You will have shortcomings. Every son of Adam is a sinner. But if you live by this, if you can guarantee this, then you will be saved from punishment. This is also the call of every single prophet and every single rasul. As Allah Azza wa Jalla said, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا نُوحِي إِلَيْهِ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا فَاعْبُدُونَ Allah he says that we did not send before you any messenger. O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We did not send before you any messenger, any rasul, except that we instructed him to say, to teach, to call to, لا إله إلا أنا فاعبدون that there is none worthy of worship except me meaning Allah and you should worship me alone this was the da'wah of every single rasul from Nuh alayhi salam until the final messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam يا قوم اعبدوا الله ما لكم من إله غيره Every Nabi, read the Qur'an, you will find that you would say, Oh my people, worship Allah. You have no ilah besides Him. You have no ilah to turn to but Him. In times of ease, in times of difficulty and desperation, call upon Allah alone. For you have no ilah besides Him. That we do not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in times of Difficulty alone. So when we become sick, when we go through some difficulty in terms of our, our wealth, or in terms of any distress, or sadness, or loss of hope, now we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this was the way of the, the people of the past. When they went through distress, they called upon Allah alone. They turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. As Allah, he tells us in the Quran, <clears throat> that when they boarded their ships and their boats, and the seas became a little bit rocky, a little bit violent, they would worship Allah alone. And they would beg Allah for Savior. But the moment Allah saved them, and they came back to land and they were back in the comfort zone, they turned back to their shirk with Allah. They turned back to calling upon the idols and calling upon, calling upon the saints and calling upon the righteous folk. At-Tawheed and Ikhlas 
is the main condition for the acceptance of, every, of any act of worship. Any act of worship that is not done for the sake of Allah or not done directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is immediately rejected by Allah. In fact, one act of shirk, major shirk, will nullify all of a person's good deeds. So a person who worshipped Allah for a lifetime upon righteousness and at the end of his life he worships other than Allah then all of his deeds are null and void. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says Surah Al-Zumar لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ وَلَا تَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Addressing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, if you were to commit an act of shirk, amaluka, then that will destroy and nullify all of your righteous deeds. And you will be of the khasirin. You will be then of the losers. So this was addressed to the best of all people, the best of all messengers, Sayyidul Khalq, the best of creation. How much should we then not be fearful of falling into some type of shirk? In fact, it's only with tawheed and abstaining from shirk that the person can enter Jannah. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, إِنَّهُ مَنْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الْجَنَّةِ وَمَأْوَاهُ النَّارِ That whomsoever commits an act of shirk with Allah, then Jannah has been prohibited for him. Haram Allahu alayhi Jannah. Jannah has been made haram for him. And his abode will be none but the fire. And for the oppressors and the wrongdoers and the transgressors, there will be no helpers. And so this is why, ayyuhal ahibba, this is the most important obligation. The obligation of knowing how to worship our Maker. The obligation of seeking knowledge. And especially knowledge of Tawheedullah. Especially knowledge of what constitutes Tawheed. And what exactly constitutes a shirk. For many a times we have the idea. Tawheed means Allah is one. It's one Allah. That's Tawheed. Khalas. Why should we go and study and learn about the subject of Tawheed? We're Muslims. We're born Muslims. What need can they be? The reality is, Tawheed is a part of Aqeedah. It's a part of one of the major sciences of the Sharia. And it's a science that needs to be studied. Like every other science in the Sharia. If one has not dedicated some time to study Tawheed, then he cannot claim that he knows Tawheed then he cannot claim that he knows what shirk is and what exactly constitutes a shirk. Ibrahim alayhi salam, Khalilullah, the close friend of Allah. And Ibrahim has so many virtues mentioned in the Quran. Beautiful ayat and stories of Ibrahim alayhi salam. And his steadfastness against the people of shirk 
and he's calling to Tawheed. I looked at the stars, he looked at the moon and the sun, and so forth. Looking for his maker. And he realized, this can never be my maker. This can never be the one that's worthy of my worship. Such that Allah says, Millata Ibrahim Hanifa. Musliman, wa ma'akana min al-mushrikeen. Allah emphasizes this so many times in the Quran. Ibrahim was a Muslim. He was not a mushrik. And it's his path. This path of Tawheed is the path of Ibrahim alayhi salam. It's attributed to him. This path of Tawheed is attributed to Ibrahim alayhi salam for his steadfastness. Yet, what does Ibrahim alayhi salam say? He makes dua in Surah Ibrahim that Allah protect me and my offspring from shirk. If an Abi of Allah, if the best of the best, the only one that can trump him is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If he can make such a dua and say, Oh my Rabb, وَجَنُوبَنِي وَبَنِيَّ أَنْ نَعْبُدَ الْأَصْنَامِ Protect me. Keep me far away, as well as my children and my offspring, from worshipping idols. If he is going to make such a dua, what about us? Is it okay for us to feel we're Muslims? What's the need? There's no worry about shirk. How are we going to fall into shirk? How are we going to fall into idol worship? It's not possible. Mustahil. It's not possible, right? Ibrahim salam feared shirk for himself. Ibrahim salam feared shirk for his offspring. And he made dua for this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَلَمْ يَلْبِسُوا إِيمَانَهُمْ بِظُلْمٍ أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمُ الْأَمْنُ وَهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ That those who have true iman, those who truly believe in Allah, and they do not mix their iman with zulm, then for them there will be amn, there will be safety and security and guidance, وَهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ They will be rightly guided. So the Sahaba, when they heard this ayah, they were a bit worried. And they said, Ya Rasulullah, who from amongst us can be safe from zulm? Because zulm means wrongdoing, transgression. When you do a wrong deed, that's a zulm. When you sin, you have oppressed yourself. Not Allah, but you've oppressed yourself. You have transgressed against yourself. So how can we be from amongst those in this ayah that Allah says those who truly believe in Allah and they do not mix it with zulm? They are going to be guided and they will be kept safe. And so Rasulullah he gave the tafsir of this ayah. And he said that zulm in this context here does not just mean sin. It means what Allah said in Surah Luqman where Allah said That indeed shirk is the greatest form of zulm. It's the greatest form of wrong. It's the greatest form of oppression. For you are trying to take the right of Allah away. Which is that you worship Him alone. This is what this ayah means. So the ayah means that those who worship Allah, those who believe in Allah, and they do not mix that with shirk, then they will be rightly guided 
and they will be protected and secured. So what the ayah also teaches us is that there will be people who worship Allah, but they mix their iman, they mix their worship with shirk with Allah And these things are rampant. It's not to say that we don't see shirk. These are things that we talk about. These are things that we preach about and teach because the reality is that shirk is all over. We see shirkiyat happening at the grave sites. We see shirkiyat happening in people's homes. We see shirkiyat happening in people's aqidah, of course, and even in the masajid. Even in masajid, where people call upon other than Allah Azza wa Jal. They make dua to the dead. They go to karamat, they make dua to the dead. They put their money into the grave, hoping that through that, they will be blessed. They are doing tabarruk, rubbing things on their body, believing that's blessings. It's a type of shirk. Wearing amulets, believing it protects them. Putting amulets in their homes, believing it protects them. It's a type of shirk. Reading horoscopes is a type of shirk. And people may say, well, I'm just reading it for the fun of it. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whoever goes to the fortune teller, whoever goes to the fortune teller, his salah will not be accepted for 40 days. That's the same like reading a horoscope. And if you believe in what it says, if you believe in what the fortune teller says, the hadith says, فَقَدْ كَفَرَ بِمَا أُنزِلَ عَلَىٰ مُحَمَّدٍ He has disbelieved in what was sent down to Muhammad. Hadith. These are all forms of shirk. Shirk is not just saying there's two Allahs. Or Allah has a son. Like the Christians said. And the Jews said. And it's not just about having an idol. There are different types of shirk that people fall into. There are different forms of shirk that you can fall into. And this is why we say it's a science that must be studied. أَقُولُ هَذَا الْقَوْلُ وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ الْعَظِيمَ لِي وَلَكُمْ وَلِوَالِدَيَّ وَلِوَالِدِيكُمْ وَلِسَائِرِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ مِنْ كُلِّ ذَنْبٍ فَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ الحمد لله على إحسانه والشكر على توفيقه وامتنانه وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له تعظيما لشأنه وأشهد أن نبينا محمد عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وسلم تسليما مزيدا أيها المسلمون For 13 years Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم he gave da'wah in Mecca before the migration to Medina and for 13 years straight the main message and the call was to rectify the aqidah and the belief of the Arabs and the Muslims for 13 years he dedicated solely to this. Only at the end did the obligation of Salah come. And only when they migrated to Medina did the obligation of Ramadan and Zakah and Hajj. And all of the rest of the minor details of the Sharia were revealed in the next 10 years. But the first 13 years was rectifying belief. So again this shows us, think and reflect. If it was a minor issue, if it was a, an issue that 
You know, it's, as a Muslim, you're Muslim. It's not an issue that we need to really study deeply. Then why did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam dedicate so much time to this? The majority of his da'wah was the message of the Wahid. And not to say in Medina it stopped. It continued. The message continued as well, along with the details of the Sharia. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Man amila salihan min dhakarin aw untha wa huwa mu'min falanuhyiyannahu hayatan tayyibah walanajaziyannahum ajrahum bi ahsani ma kanu ya'maloon Whomsoever does righteous deeds, whether he's male or female, wa huwa mu'min, and he's a true mu'min. A mu'min who worships Allah azza wa jal alone, a muwahid, then we will guarantee and certainly give him a life that's good and pure and happy. And we will certainly grant them their rewards in proportion to the best of what they used to do. And this is the promise of Allah. As long as you continue your righteous deeds, abstaining from sin as best as you can, and you are a worshipper of Allah alone, you are guaranteed a, a life that is good and pure and happy not a life that is in depression and sadness and grief hayatan tayyibah allah says we'll give you that life that's pure and wholesome and good and happy so it's upon us to take these few advices that we mentioned from the quran and the sunnah we never mentioned a quote of one scholar today they're so just small reminders of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us and what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us. Which shows us the importance of belief. The importance of following the correct tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of worshipping Allah azza wa jal alone in his rububiyyah, in his lordship, in his worship, as well in his, in his names and attributes. And that details, that needs to be studied. A khutbah can't come and give you the details of each category of Tawheed. That needs to be, to be studied. Wallahu a'lam. Hada wa sallu wa sallimu ra'akumullah. Ala bashirin nadheer. Laqad amarakumullahu bithalika fi kitabih. Faqala azza min qailin alima. Inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala al-nabi. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. وقال صلى الله عليه وسلم من صلى عليه صلاة صلى الله عليه بها عشرة اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وارض اللهم عن الخلفاء الراشدين أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعن بقية الصحابة وتابعين وتابع التابعين وأن معهم بمنك وكرمك وإحسانك يا أكرم الأكرمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين ودمر أعداءك أعداء الدين يا مولانا يا رب العالمين اللهم انصر المسلمين والمستضعفين في كل مكان اللهم وكن لهم ناصرا ومعينا ومؤيدا وحفيظا اللهم وعليك بأعداء الدين فإنهم لا يعجزونك اللهم أصلح أحوال المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم أصلح أحوال المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم أصلح أحوال المسلمين في كل مكان برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم أرنا الحق حقا 
وارزقنا اتباعه وارنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك اللهم يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفة والغنى ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقيموا الصلاة